Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Brain. Joining me once again, my co-host and colleague, Chad Cruz. And best friend. You said it, not me. Yes, thanks for having me, Brain. I, it's always a pleasure to be back here talking with you about movies that we love. Well, usually or, it's Or movies. don't love. Yeah, I would say usually it is movies that we love, but sometimes we've had a, a few uh, stinkers along the way. Uh, and a lot of people are calling a certain movie that was released last week a stinker, and that's the latest edition of The Expendables, The Expendables 4, or Expendables with a 4 where the A is. Expend Forables. Yeah. A lot of hatred for this film. And have you know you, what? Have you seen it? I have not seen the film yet. And, no, uh, the, I'm talking about the hatred. Yes, I have seen the hatred, and yeah. that's part of the reason I have not seen the film yet, but I mean... At a certain point, right? We're uh, spoiler alert. We're going to talk about 2010's The Expendables, the first in the series tonight. Correct. And I would like to ask the people who are who are spewing all this hatred towards the Expendables that what did you expect? You know, these guys are old; they're elderly. Um, Yeah, it's the the series has dragged on far too long. There's no doubt about that. And bringing in Megan Fox isn't exactly, you know, you're, you're the end all be all the adrenaline <laughs> shots you need to keep no. going. Right? No, I'd like to give her a couple shots, but it, it wouldn't be of adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, yeah, I got you. The other thing I've noted, you, you, and you know, you notice about everything on social media is like nothing. It, it, everything either has to be the worst thing ever or the best thing ever. Where in fact, a lot of uh, probably ninety nine percent of everything is falls somewhere in between there. Yes, everything but two things is not the best. Either the best or the worst. Everything else is there, right? Right. Um, and I mean, having said that, this is probably going to be the best podcast episode of all time. Wow! There you go, people. Tweet about that or X about it. I don't know. X what about you it. Do. Uh, Nobody but, says that, by the way. No, they don't. Um, Booker T might, but. You know, he's he's a special man. Respect the man. I do respect, respect him. I love his commentary. Respect. And, uh, uh, yeah, I did see it. I did cover it for the site. And yeah, I, I mentioned in my review, that, yeah, if you had a problem with Megan Fox, just the news of Megan Fox, you're going to have a problem with the movie because she is definitely all over the movie. It is definitely the, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of three, but it's been so long since I've seen part three. I, yeah. I couldn't. I, but yeah, you could probably say the fourth one is the the worst of the bunch. But it was not with completely without entertainment. I mean, you still right. have Jason Statham in there. You had some crazy ass action. Again, you know, again, and it's Expendables number four. Yeah. Okay. It's very rare that the number four of any series suddenly becomes better. It's not unheard of. It does happen. Right. I would say Friday the Thirteenth uh, would have an argument with me, and I would agree with them. Superman four. No, Superman <laughs> 4 would not qualify. Now, Death Wish 4, I would not say, is better. It's not, it's, it didn't dip as badly, perhaps, as Expendables War, but it still was not as good as 1, 2, 3. Now, I'm going to say this, and this might actually surprise you, but uh, I've never seen the third Expendables. See, I saw it, and I don't remember much about it. I just, it, there was a lot going on. I think, I think they it's had, the... They had the younger crew and the older yeah. crew. They had Frasier on it. Um, yeah, it, it was it was something. It, and that uh, was the that was the turnoff for me was 
was uh, Kelsey Grammer. You're gonna no, you're gonna bring in Cullen Lutz, and that's supposed to be like I thought you loved Cullen that gets Lutz. Me. No, I don't. Oh, that's right. You love uh, Cam Diginet. I don't like him either. All right. Um, that's not although Cullen Lutz either. did do that uh, really good Australian sci-fi film that I enjoyed. Yeah, that's I thought you did. You you Cullen Lutz kind of grew on you in some of these movies. But other than that, I couldn't name fifteen seconds of you know footage that I didn't hate of his. Do you think he's related to Lightning Tim Lutz? Lightning Tim Lutz, legend in the ring. Yeah. Also, also my very first match for you, Brain, at HWA. Yeah. Uh, I don't was know if it against you, Lightning Tim Lutz. It was against Lightning Tim Lutz. Did you go I, over? I put him. I put him over. By God, that, that's right. And Gotta he. Gotta see if you were going to come back. Gotta see if you were sticking around. See he legitimately you... caved in my face. Uh, wow. He uh, he did a, a spinning heel kick on me. And we had, we had, you know, this is a lot of wrestle talk here, but uh, we had a spot early in the match and, and I was going to powder out after that. He did a spinning heel kick and he's apparently does them with his left leg, like going hard or some shit. Yeah. And he fucking hit me in the face so hard. And I didn't know he did a left leg and it kind of threw me for a loop. And I took it, you know, just like basically to the orbital bone essentially. Yeah. And I had, I literally legitimately had to powder out of the ring and, and catch my, catch my breath there. Cause he, he, uh, he got me pretty good, but I had gone to a doctor about a month later. Cause I was just, you know, I, I always take forever to do everything. And, uh, I had a pretty good contusion on my skull. So mm, that explains that was, a lot of things. It does indeed. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you. Uh, and I'm sorry. I don't remember that match. I still blame you by the way. You know, that wouldn't, if something is bad, of course, People will remember it was me in charge. Yeah. The good stuff, though, amazingly, these other people were involved that I'd never yeah. realized did anything. Uh, but that's, you know, another story for another time. So, yeah. As you mentioned, we are going to be talking about the original Expendables. But as we also just mentioned, the hate for this new Expendables is something else. If you want to say that this episode is the greatest of all on social media or the worst you can of course follow us tag us tag our we're on social media we're all over the place we're on Mm -hmm. we're at bulletproof pod on twitter aka x we are at bulletproof action on instagram facebook and threads so again yeah if again because on social media everything is either the best or the worst nothing falls in the middle so you guys decide which which end of the spectrum we're going to be on You're you're still doing that threads thing huh yeah, I throw something up there once in a while. Okay. I mean, yep. what's it going to hurt? I don't know anyone who uses it. And more and more people seem to use it. I get really? like, new followers all the time. Okay. Onesies, twosies. I mean, not like a zillion. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, F you, Chad. We got 38,000 followers on threads. So kiss <laughs> my happens. ass for not using I hope it does, too, because I, I love to be able to say F you, Chad Cruz. Uh, you would. Especially you would. when it's legitimate and justified and you know what i said that the other day uh some they had a preview for the tv show loki oh yeah and i don't know a single human being who watches it other than probably ryan campbell i was gonna say ryan campbell covered yes other than ryan campbell i i expect him to watch it because he gives us so much great content so he will watch it other than him i don't know anybody he will watch it for sure um i got to watch the continental with uh, ryan campbell oh that's uh, cool while i was down in the uh cincinnati area Thanks for the invite. You were invited and Hmm. you weren't able to come. So F you, Chad Cruz. You have three three kids and see how how valuable you are. (laughs) 
Exactly. Well, okay. We're going to move on, and we're going to talk The Expendables. It was, as you mentioned, released in 2010, August 13th, 2010 to be exact, and it not only starred Sylvester Stallone, Chad, it was directed by Sylvester Stallone. How about that? And Renaissance man. He really is. It starts off with the... He was roar. alive in the Renaissance, by the way. Yeah, he... What? Uh, we, it starts off with the roar of motorcycles, and we get the first look at the Expendables logo. And then we cut to the full moon over the Gulf of Aden near Somalia. And we see a ship and there's pirates and there's flashlights and it's all kinds of chaotic situation going on. They're, they're seeming to be bringing these prisoners to one of the, to the upper deck of the ship. And then we pull back out. We see a small boat with what appears to be maybe five or six guys in there. And you got to believe, oh, was that the Expendables? We're about to find out because these pirates... Somalia is known for their pirates, aren't they, Chad Cruz? I think so. I think that's one of the things they're known for. Is that for. like 50% of their population are pirates? I don't think it's that high, but I mean... Or they're, a vocal, they're, they're a vocal minority. Yeah, well. if there's like three pirate attacks a year, then that's the two, the three times you hear about yeah, Somalis. That's, that's unfortunate, so, yeah. I, you know, I work around a lot of Somalians, and they're very lovely people. Well, if any Somalians are listening... Yeah. Uh, tweet us or X us or whatever. Mm. Let us know what's going on over there because unfortunately Hollywood has only painted the picture that you have pirates. Yeah. And that I'm sure that is not uh, an accurate uh, d- depiction of your fine land. Right. And uh, if you're a Somalian pirate, don't talk to us. Yes. Don't X us. Cause when you, when you say like X, X me, marks the spot like, in pirate gotta, talk. Oh, they'd show up to your house. Mm hmm. Yours, yeah. Chad Cruz house. Uh, so yeah, these pirates. I have sh- lots of guns, by the way. So I don't. I bet you do, and not just right. the two on your on your arm. Uh, we got these pirates. They're shooting this video. They're asking for ransom money for these prisoners. Um, but then they they got lasers on them, Chad. Hell yeah, freaking lasers! And it's not sharks with them on them. It's the freaking Expendables. And they th- drop this bag. They say there's three million dollars in there. I wonder if there really was. I bet it's uh, Dolph Lundgren's old VHS collection. Oh, that would be worth $3 million to some. Uh, but now they're like, oh, no, that that was last time we asked for money. It's up yeah. to $5 million now. And it's like, oh, of course, a greedy pirate. Next thing you know, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren, who played Gunner, shoots the freaking pirate leader in half. <laughs> yeah. He sure does. I don't know awesome. what weapon that was, but it was pretty awesome. It was and powerful. I, I saw a punch. I saw this movie in theaters uh, way back when. This is when I actually used to go, go to the movie theaters. Because you didn't while. have three kids yet. That's right. That's right. I didn't have any kids at this point, but uh, I think I was single. Which man, what a good time that was! Uh, but uh, yeah, saw this in theaters, and this is the moment where I knew this movie was going to be badass. Yeah, I mean it, it's a it's an attention grabber for sure. Um, and then we kind of get to see the start of the kind of get the the relationship between our two main guys, which is Barney Ross played by Sylvester Stallone and Lee Christmas played by Jason Statham. And there's definitely a, a bit of a friendly rivalry between the two. Sure, they got the like the Legolas Gimli thing from Lord of the Rings going. Uh, and we see that Gunner is uh, something of a loose cannon because once you know they take out. Basically, Barney and Lee are challenge each other. Who's going to take out the rest of these pirates? Um, I think it's a tie, as it often is with these two. Right. Uh, but now 
Gunner wants to just hang a pirate just to, I guess, send a message. I think that's a historical uh, okay. significance, you know, to that hanging pirates. Fill us in. That's no, I think they would catch pirates and they would hang them. Okay. I didn't, but okay. Thank you. I thought you had a deeper story for us. No, no, the, I don't. The, the history buff of, of the uh, staff that you are. Yes. All right. Well, nothing. you don't know anything. It's fine. Uh, but, you know, the rest of the team's like, hey, man, they're, they're taking it too far. We, we did what we we're supposed to do. And you got the rest of the team. It's a uh, toll road. Randy Couture. Hail Caesar. The, the awesome action star, Terry Crews. What action movies was Terry Crews in prior to this, Chad Crews? Oh, there's so many. Uh, I have no idea. I can't think of a single one. Zero. Uh, yeah. and, and Yin Yang, played by the one and only Jet Li. Yeah. I will remind everyone we did cover a Jet Li movie at the start of 2023. Yes. And it was the wrong Jet Li movie. I'm still... Chad picked the wrong one. I'm still, you know, for all our listeners out there, I've still got this one Jet Li film that I'm planning on watching oh soon, yeah so that too i forgot be looking out for that I review soon that. <laughs> um I, I i'll say right away i hate their names yeah uh it you know okay so this, this movie it's it's obviously like just a fun exploding things movie yeah. mm-hmm. but when their names are so stupid you instantly are i'm i'm told not to care about any of them I refuse to care about a man named Toll Road. He he's not as cool as Toll Booth from GI Joe with the bridge Toll Booth layer. Willie with the bridge layer. Do you have that as your experience? I don't remember if I had him. I had that. It was hours of fun <laughs> putting that bridge. Could I don't really, think I had that. It could one. only go over so long though of a of a gap. Yeah, I was pretty poor. I didn't have that many good ones. Okay, well. Uh, so yeah, the guys are, they're not happy that Gunner's like going to try to hang this dead pirate. Um, so Yin Yang goes up there, do something about it. And they kind of get at it a bit. Uh, very obvious. These two don't like each other and that's going to come into play a little bit yeah. later on. Uh, but job well done. Uh, they got the, I guess the hostages are safe or prisoners or they took them to safety and they fly back. Your little Georgia satellites, keep your hands to yourself. A lot of uh, great classic rock tunes in this uh, film. There's, There are. I, I noticed that at some point in the film. It wasn't with one of the classics that it really brought it to face for me. It was when they were playing like Saliva. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. This is definitely early 2000s. There you go. Um, and Christmas goes back to check on Gunner, who obviously had a, has, had a moment or two there on, on the mission. Uh, and he seems to see say he's fine, but we'll find out that uh, Gunner is, is not long for this team. Um, once they get back to stateside, Christmas goes to see his lady, Lacey, mm-hmm. who has not heard from him in over a month, which I imagine being a mercenary, you're not keeping regular hours. No. Or, or routine, or, you know, right. you, you could be gone for a couple days, you could be gone for a couple weeks. Yeah, I think it's the uh, yeah. I think that you you have to have a fluid schedule. You have to be ready to 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 fly out of somewhere at the drop of a hat. And right. yeah, I I believe she was played by was it Charisma Carpenter or somebody. I believe you're right. Is that right? I better Sounds click on right. her. Check, click on her. Yep, Lacey Charisma Carpenter, lovely, lovely gal. She really was. Yep. 
Um, and she goes, he said, you know, okay, I, yeah, I haven't been around, but hey, I got a nice ruby for you. Yeah, he. I mean, this was obvious, like, you know, every time he comes in town, he rolls yeah. in there and gives her a, a unique piece of jewelry or a gift mm-hmm. of some kind, and yeah. they rub on each other for a while, and then he's right. gone again. Yeah, but, uh, you know, that's that's a nice surprise that he had for her, but she has a surprise for him. Oof. There's another man at the house, and he's not happy that this friend, air quotes, of hers has showed up so late in the like what 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 is this about i mean this is like booty call time yeah so he's not happy and obviously, i don't blame him Lee christmas is not happy either because hey wait a minute you're my booty call who's what what's going on <laughs> so we got that going on uh i don't know why this is included in this film but yeah other than to pad the time um, right. i always said this movie needed 15 minutes cut yeah, and it probably could have been this that, side story. And, and, you know, and and I should go into this. I remember watching. I did not go to the theater to see this. I watched yeah. it. Came out on Blu-ray, and I like got it. Like, oh, cool! I missed it in the theater, but I'm gonna watch it as soon as the Blu-ray came out. And I remember watching it and just feeling like, eh. and yeah. I think it was things like this lacy storyline. I mean, as wonderful as she was to have on the screen, why? It like kind of ruined the, it killed the flow. We started off hot yeah. and I know you got to take it down. It's a roller coaster, but I don't know. This, this movie could have easily been predator. You don't, you didn't you, really need, you didn't, you didn't need romance. In you it. didn't need any type of love interest. And no. you, you know, you had the, uh, the female we'll meet later. His name, I can't uh, remember. Sandra. Uh, Sandra. Uh, she would, she was fine. You didn't need any more. Right. Yeah. Her. Especially since you had that kind of more part of the story. Right. Semi romance going on. And you didn't need to like shoehorn this side story in. And you could have actually had, you know, you didn't need those scenes to have this be a part of Christmas's character. You know, like every time he kind of shows up and he's all like, you know, kind of down. Ah, uh, did you lose another one? Yeah, they hate when you never show up for six months. You know what I mean? Mm. Like he could, he could just be a down on his luck, yeah, in the love realm kind of guy. I don't know. Lucky in cards, unlucky in love, perhaps. Uh, Barney goes to his good friend Tool's tattoo shop. Tool, played by Mickey Rourke. I don't know if it's the lighting of this film, but he looks less like a lizard than he does in a lot of other movies. Yeah, he's less lizard-like, but. Jesus, this guy is a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Well, Barney goes to get a tattoo finished up that apparently has been an ongoing process. Uh, they reminisce about their time in Nigeria, so we, we figure out that Tool was once an expendable himself mm-hmm. before he decided to hang it up and start a tattoo parlor in a garage. Uh, and, you know, and he also, we this is where we kind of get the just kind of slips it in there that hey, we had to get rid of Gunner, right? And I like scenes like this. Mm-hmm. I like to build these characters. It kind of builds a little camaraderie between the group, at least the members that are there. And you know, just like you know, some of the scenes that we'll get later on is we're kind of we're still meeting people for like half the film, right? Like they're just kind of like, hey, there's Terry Crews again, but we don't know shit about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are actually kind of cool, and it gets them, gives them a chance to kind of play off each other a little bit. So I didn't mind this scene so much. And, and the way that Tool reacted to Gunner being 
dismissed from the group. You could tell that, you know, this was a ongoing, this wasn't like a one-time thing. Like he wasn't right. really shocked that like, hey, yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> he was heading that direction when I was with the team. So I, right. I get it. Um, so then Christmas shows up, uh, tool has a grand vision to put a big spider web on, uh, Christmas's bald head. Um, that doesn't go, that doesn't happen. They have a little knife throwing contest, but then a call comes in, uh, uh, some possible work for the expendables. Yeah. And it's another cool scene. Like, you know, tool plays multiple roles here. He's not just a guy that they show up to and drink with and whatnot but he also is kind of like their handler guy yeah he, so they're cool. the yeah they call him when they need to get to the expendables um we cut to the island of elena uh and we see three accused thieves answering to the man they stole from general garza played by david zayas who i will always remember from dexter dexter yes agreed uh and uh you know general's kind of reading them the riot act so to speak and just you know blah 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 and then all of a sudden we get another villain who steps in mr james monroe played by eric roberts of best of the best fame uh he steps in and just shoots one of the thieves in the back of the head he tells garza they didn't just steal from you they stole from us so these right. guys are in cahoots and then and, and it seems like monroe thinks he's the man in charge because he's like you need to shoot these other two <laughs> And you show these, show your men what happens when you know they get out of line. So, so do you think that his name, the significance of it being Monroe, James Monroe, you know, the Monroe Doctrine with the uh, United States basically, you know, protecting, if you will, that's quote unquote protecting uh, all these countries on in this side of the hemisphere. You think mm, that that was like a? I did not think about that, but again, well, I'm not the history buff of the okay. of the group. I could be totally wrong, but I like it. It's a good theory, and, and and it makes you sound very educated. Oh, thanks. And I sound like a moron. Uh, I wish I could fart on command right now. I'd let a big fart, but sorry. Yeah, you've got to balance everything out. Yeah. Um. So now we go back to the U.S., where Barney is meeting with Mister Church, played by Bruce Willis, and I don't believe that's his real name. He actually says, "Since we're meeting in a church, just call me Mister Church." Fair enough. Yeah, why not? Uh, meeting about the this job that they got the call on. Uh, but wait, there's one more possible uh, candidate for this job. Oh, and it's Barney's oldest, worst friend, Trench, played in an uncredited role by Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, he, and they have some back and forth ball busting. Um, and eventually, though, Trench is like, you know what? You just let Barney have it. He likes to run around in the jungle. And then he leaves. And that's the end of Arnold Schwarzenegger in this film. Yeah. And that's I think that good. was another thing that kind of was like, because mm. the way they built it up, and maybe I built it up in my own head. Yeah. Like, oh, you're going to have Stallone. You're going to have Arnold. You're going to have Dolph. You're going to have Bruce. I mean, go. Oh, uh. And then some of these people are on screen for mere minutes. Right. Yeah, I could see, you know, if you came into this thinking that all these these actors were going to be spending a lot of time on screen, yeah, you could probably be pretty pissed off about it, but um I I was happy with his Oh yeah, I mean lack was, of involvement. Yeah. Um and I I'm actually, you know, I appreciate the the scenes in the movie where Terry Crews and Randy Couture and those guys get to do cool shit because 
because you know for for so much of the film they're just like in the background or they're mm-hmm. really not even people right. uh they're just guys in hats so it, it's good that they're they can kind of show themselves as actual team members and not just like dudes in red shirts you know yeah so uh yeah we so obviously barney's going to get the job if he wants it uh there are resources on that island that churches people are interested in Barney gives him a quote of $5 million with half up front, half to an offshore account. Church doesn't seem to have a problem with that, but tells Barney, don't you screw him over or him and his people will chop Barney and his guys up into dog treats. So this church is, uh, he ain't playing. You don't fuck around. Um, Barney goes back, uh, and Gunner there is waiting and he kind of sees that Valena file. And he's like, oh, going to Valena? I, I want to come with you. And Barney's like, no, I can't trust you while you're using. So. And, you know, so easily it could have been Valverde and we could have all been happy about it. But uh, that is definitely one of the, the yeah. things I, when people were bitching about four, they went back to their original bitching too about. Yeah. One. And yeah, yeah. Why wasn't it Valverde? Very interesting. And and you know what? If it if it had been Valverde, nine out of ten people would have no idea what that is or or care. But, but that tenth person would be jizzing their pants. The people that talk shit on Twitter are the ones who see those things and they realize what they mean, and yeah. and they're the ones that are going to go tell their friends to watch it. So, yeah. You're right. I mean, every time I jizz my pants, I tell somebody about it. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you do. Ah, uh, <laughs> so yeah. No, sorry, Gunner, you're not you're not uh, allowed back. Uh, so now they have the meeting at the garage. Uh, we get to hear Toll Road talk about his cauliflower ear for the first time, but that may have been our first time. But it's obvious that he's told this story many times based on the reaction of his friends. Yeah, it goes a little long. He gets into it way too deeply that I don't give a shit about. And he's but... st- he's still talking about it in part four. I will just oh god, who gives a shit? But but there's always new people to tell. Yeah, but you know, like it's it's like if yeah, if you it's, live it's, in today's world and you've never you don't have any idea what cauliflower is, so you yeah. tell me you have you don't know anyone who's ever wrestled, you never seen MMA on TV, you know, right? It's it's a big time thing. Now. It's pretty well known, yeah. yeah. But whatever. Well, Yin Yang wants more money. Uh, he talks he's because he's got to put his son in a better school, and everybody's like, "You you have a family," and he doesn't <laughs> kind of elaborate at all. All right, but before the whole team goes, Barney and Christmas are going to go check things out, do a little recon. So we, we need some Mississippi Queen to be Hell playing yeah. when you're doing that. And they go there uh, in, in their cool, expendable plane, seaplane. Uh, and, you know, as they're walking around, they see these citizens, like, going, they get scared shitless when, like, the army guys come into town. And they get a good look at the guy in the suit, Mr. James Monroe, and his muscle, Pain, played by the one and only Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Sorry. And, uh, yeah, that, that, the fact that Austin was in this movie is a shock that I didn't go see this in the theater. Um, because... Yeah. I'm a huge uh, Stone Cold fan, as many people 
are and st- were are and will always be. Uh, yes, he's pretty freaking awesome. Um, they go into a cantina, and I was like, okay, they're going to get in a fight because when that's what you do, guys go into a cantina and or bar or saloon, they're going to get in a fight. But they don't. Instead, they meet their contract or contact Sandra, who we talked about. Uh, she wonders who these two gentlemen are. Lee introduces them as Buddha and Pest. Yeah, you know, whatever. That's more comedy. I, I don't know. A it's, lot of these sequences to me are just like, all right, this movie, I've already, I'm already, I, I get what it is. It's, yeah. let's blow shit up let's and, and tell funny it. one-liners. Yeah. Um, look at our names. Look how silly our names are. Oh, I have kids. You, when did you get kids? Like, it's just like, mm-hmm. so every, every scene that we're not blowing shit up or preparing to blow shit up or, or learning funny stories or anecdotes about our guys. I'm like, okay, I'm just doing the old, like, let's wrap this shit up. Cause yeah. this whole Sandra gimmick, right. They, they had a, they, they took the job. What exactly was the job? To kill general Garza to kill him. Okay. Yeah. It seems like killing this guy would have been not that difficult. <laughs> they have a fucking plane, right? They could just, drop a fucking bomb off that thing. Right. Um, yep. But they make it much more difficult by going in, they meet the contact. I mean, really all the contacts could do is be like, he lives right there. Yeah. And, and like, yeah. Oh, cool. She drives him <laughs> around says, you know, things were great here until these Americans came with some money and then everything started to change. Blame, uh, blame the U S I get it. Yeah, exactly. Garza. Uh, where, where is he? He's in the palace. Oh, well, look, get us as close to the palace as you can. Right, meanwhile, we go and we check in with Monroe, who's pissed at the crops that they're growing are behind schedule. So there is nothing. They have no crops because nothing's growing yet. Um, and Garza's pissed at Monroe for speaking to him like that in front of his men. So there's very uh, tenuous relationship between these two. It's not as entertaining, though, as Cobra Commander and Destro. <laughs> right. And it could have been. It, it could have been. Yeah. I mean, this, this they could have been. You know, Gar- some evil Garza plot. was a bit too much stoic, too too stoic for that. Yeah, and he'd, and, he'd have to be as a, you know because you got Cobra Commander who's pretty freaking over the top, and then you got Destro right. who just is a shit disturber. And <laughs> and, and my, my absolute favorite character uh, in animated history, possibly David Zayas. Yeah, and Dexter, awesome. David yeah. Zayas as the main villain in the Expendables, not awesome. Well, not, would, he's not intimidating. I, I would argue that Eric Roberts is the main villain. I, okay, this, this and you would probably be right. Puppet. This guy's just one of, like a puppet, just a means yeah. to his end. He's right. manipulating him. Yeah, Roberts is more like Vern, Vernon Wells from Commando, and uh, Zayas is uh, what's his Gary name? Carlos Cervantes. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> what was the uh, the leader of Valverde? What was his name? Oh. Shit. Yeah, I don't remember. Dan Hedaya's character. Hedaya, yeah, Dan Hedaya. I don't know, remember his character name, but yeah, the new. But yeah, the general. So he, he's... Martelli, if you will. It's so similar to that film in, in so many ways, but it lacks some of the, the crucial elements that make Commando one of the greatest action movies of all time, and this just kind of like, eh. So the troops, you know, they, they get... Obviously, they're paying attention to shit, and they see these people uh, near the entrance and so they're coming down there and they see that like i don't care whose daughter you could be the general's daughter but 
you're not immune to the laws of this land. Um, and that's like, oh, so Sandra's guards is dark. So that was a reveal there. Um, and then it's time to just start taking out these troops. Yep. And Christmas, who I should mention, he had kind of left the, the truck and decided to get a different view. So, But he shows up in the nick of time, and they take out all these, these troops. Uh, Monroe hears about this trouble, so now they're going to head over to the to where these the trouble is um and uh we get a little chase scene which is always welcome in an action film sure uh and when they get to their you know they're like sandra you got to come with us no i'm not going i can't go uh so she refuses christmas goes to the plane barney goes and takes out the uh i guess the kind of like almost the customs guys yeah and he takes them out then he has to run to catch this plane jumping hanging onto the door frame as it's just increasing speed in the water monroe and the truckload of troops arrive on the dock barney gets inside surprise surprise um then once they're in the plane they circle back and like you said here here they go they've got this freaking plane hell yeah that is weaponized <laughs> they just start shooting the shit out of things and then do a little fuel dump and shoot a flare and light the whole freaking dock up. Yeah. This is probably my favorite scene in the whole film. Yeah. This, this was fun. This was, a, this was a, like, okay. Up until that point, I was like, you know, I kind of remember why this one didn't resonate with me so much. And then this chase and then this happened. And I'm like, fuck. That was it's good. pretty awesome. Yeah. And it, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> right. It's a movie. The, the fuel, like, as, as they're flying away and the shit's blowing up and there's flames everywhere, the fuel that's coming off their plane is not on fire for whatever reason. But anyway, they it's... Still, uh, they stop it somehow? I don't know. It's still going as they're flying that's away. True. That is true. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a badass scene. And, you I know, mean, you it, to... it's, it, it worked in Die Hard, too. It didn't work the same way there. No, it, it, a little bit different playbook here. But, yeah, it's funny because... Uh, t- together, Stallone and Stan them are so awesome in this sequence, and they're like pretty much untouchable. And then they go get the rest of their buddies and come back, and it's like, oh shit, I guess we're not as good as we once were. And yeah, and, and that's another thing to point out. Again, going into this movie, in my head, they're like, oh, this is going to be like a GI Joe movie where it's got this whole crew of guys. Where really, yeah. for the most of it, it is just Stallone and Statham. Yes. Well, I've seen team up movies nine million times. I've never seen a big like all these action guys at one time. Right. So again, that that was another part. And again, this is what happens when you you build things up in your brain. Um, Monroe now wants to know how the hell this could happen. They unfortunately were able to jump out of off the dock before they burned up. You got these two guys who show up, take out forty one of our soldiers. Two guys take out forty one soldiers. Oh, I know how this could happen. They had help. And who could help them? Their damn daughter. Mm, Sandra. He wants... So she has to go. So now that's going to be priority. General Garza, of course, does not agree with it. Um, Even though, obviously, he and his daughter don't see eye to eye. He doesn't want his daughter to die. Right. Uh, Yeah, that's a... Which makes sense. You have arguments in life, but you don't always want your kid to die. No, absolutely not. Um, So then Gunner... Uh, shows up. He is there, and he's there to sell out his former friends. Uh, but Monroe's guy, Payne, doesn't like him, and the Brit 
Mr. Gary Daniels. Yes. Are not fans. And it's nice to have Gary Daniels in because, again, this is a Millennium film, which right. oh, came yeah. from New Image, and Gary Daniels had done uh, Cold Harvest with New Image. So I wish more of the expense, like you, they would have snuck some more of those New Image guys in, even if it was just little roles here and there. And I like his character a lot. Yeah. Uh, he plays a, a great, like, secondary henchman. Yeah, he's a good bad guy. And, and you know, and, and we'll talk about it later. But he gets he gets more time to shine later. He sh- he sure does. Um, we get back now. Barney's had a theory that Church is probably CIA, and that the real target in all this is Monroe, who is probably former CIA. Right. And you're not wrong, Barney. Uh Christmas now goes back to Lacey's house, um, and she's kind of coy when she opens that door and he has her hair down. But he notices something's not right. He looks. Uh, she's been hit. She's got bruises on her face. Uh, finds the the guy who did it. He's at a basketball court with his boys. And they all get their asses kicked. I will say this for his friends. They they stepped up. Yeah, big time. They had no idea like who this guy was. and But they're like, uh, he's going after our boy. So we're going after him. I think that if you're in, if you're a grown man yeah, and you're playing pickup basketball yeah, at night, <laughs> you guys got to be pretty close. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like if you're in a rec league, whatever, if you're in a, a softball league with some guys from your church, whatever, probably not going to fight for them. But if you're playing pickup basketball in a park yeah. with your 40 year old friends yeah. and, at night, you guys are probably pretty damn close. You probably got a, a cooler full of beers next to the court. You're probably having a good time. So, yeah, it's not a big surprise that they're fighting for him. I think my buddies would fight for me. Actually, you know, the scariest part was I, I got a couple of friends I think that would just pull a gun on him. Wow. Yeah, that's how we roll. So. You, you go hard. Uh, and, yeah, then Statham takes the basketball, puts it on uh, the guy's, like, stomach, stabs it, and says, next time I'll deflate all your balls. Yeah. <laughs> and tells Lacey, now you know what I do for a living, which I, does she stab basketballs? Yeah. I, I don't think that really cleared things up, but no, it didn't. obviously she knows he's some sort of badass, but she may have yes. already figured that out. Um, meanwhile, yeah. back on Valena troops are looking for Sandra. That's the whole they're there. And we cut back again. And now Barney is backed with the wise tool at the tattoo shop. And he tells about Sandra and how she had the chance to leave, but didn't do it. And you just can't get her out of his mind. Yeah. She really made an impression on him. Um, I In more than one way, I think. Oh. Yeah. You think he jizzed in his pants? I think he's going to have to pack a couple blue pills next time blue he goes down pills. there. And that's right, Blue Chew. If you'd like to sponsor <laughs> the Bulletproof Podcast and our dozens yeah. and dozens of listeners... We will gladly shill your dick pills for you. I will, I will take those pills. Yeah, at the beginning and, of the podcast, and I'll have a fourth kid before we. And go. I'll have a raging, veiny boner the entire oh podcast. Gosh, just that's what everybody wants to know about. Ah, uh, where were we, boner man? Oh yeah, Sandra's been caught. Um, here was a, here was a interesting choice. That is about to come up that I question why 
someone allowed it to happen. <laughs> but Monroe states he would never strike a woman. He, he'll push him if need be, but he'll never actually hit him. However, <laughs> Payne doesn't mind. Stone Cold will hit a woman. And unfortunately, yeah, given some real life situations, I was like surprised. Yes. That they uh, went there, but it's all right. It's an unfortunate chapter in Stone Cold's history. Um, but it, I mean, it works for a, a legit a, a movie bad guy uh, because it's it's make believe and pretend people. Yes. Um, Garza then says he, he asks his daughter, "Why didn't she leave?" and well, he'll figure it out. Uh, but then we get Monroe, Payne, and the Brit waterboarding old Sandra, asking, why were the Americans there? Who are they after? What did they tell you? Blah, 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 blah. But she's not talking. Good for she's her. A, she's a tough broad. She is. You know what, Sandra? You're okay in my book. Um, so now Barney wants to go back. I don't even know. Is this part of like the job? Or is this just now personal? Is he just going back without the money? I would assume well, he still get the money, but he's got to go. Didn't back. kill the general, so no, they haven't he... killed the general. So yeah, that's true. If he just went back and got her, he would not get the five million, right? And he might get chopped up into dog treats. Yeah, exactly. So let's not make it out to be some like chivalrous yeah. save the damsel in distress thing. That that yeah, I don't think that it really is. Maybe he's trying to get two birds with one stone here. Yeah. Two birds kill the general, get the money. That's one bird. Other bone or other bird get uh, his dick wet yeah and because yeah you know she's got daddy issues so oh and he's those older are, than her those dad. are susceptible uh women yes uh they're, they're, they're easy prey if you grandpa know, issues if you know what to say yeah okay so barney you know he's and he's gonna go alone i don't expect you guys to come with the, me for this because this is something i have to do right but yin yang is like no no i'm going bud and he hops in the passenger seat of barney's the money fly. I need, yeah, I need the money. Um, and soon, as they like, kind of pull out and start making their way to, I guess, the plane. I don't know what they're <laughs> Gunner is tailing gun them. store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were they going to get some re up the ammo? Go stop and get some beef jerky? I don't know what they were going to go do. <laughs> so Yang once again is talking about needing the money. You know, as a smaller guy, he has to work harder. He's he's really trying to sell this whole uh, money thing, and he does admit. That he does not have a family, but he, you know, he might someday. So it'd be good to have some of that money stored away. Uh, and then these two mercenaries that have been in all these places, and gone on all these missions, nearly die just like sitting in traffic. <laughs> hey, dude, I don't know what city they're in, but some of these cities are dangerous. I, I think it was like uh, probably New Orleans. I, I believe they're like New Orleans was the murder capital of the of the United States for many many years. Well, you're right. So. Uh, that leads to some vehicular mayhem, uh, which is always a wonderful thing to see. Uh, Barney, at some point during the chaos, realized Gunner is involved. Um, when the, the chase stops, we get Gunner versus Yang. And again, that was kind of established early on. These two do not like one another. This no, was actually don't. a recent scene of the week uh, that I did on BulletproofAction.com, if you want to check that out. Um, Barney then eventually steps in and shoots Gunner because he's about to just ultimate warrior press yeah. slam, let him drop into and impale him. Um, but uh, Barney steps in, shoots him, did, did not shoot to kill because uh, he easily could have. Yes, he 
aimed two inches above his heart. He's a very good marksman. Um, I like when Gunner says, I wasn't, I was just going to scare him. Right. <laughs> no, you aren't. You're going to kill him. Okay. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. Who sent you? Who hired you? And he's like, come closer. And he got whispers in his ear and we don't know what the hell he said. But he obviously said enough because now Barney knows everything he needs to know. Um, but this he needs everyone. Everyone's coming now. We're going. We're going to go do what we got to do. Meanwhile, back on Valena, General Garza there, he's trying to get control again because this Monroe's run roughshod. So he's got his yeah. guys all in face paint to show their loyalty to him. It's badass looking. Monroe thinks they look like fools, though. But what the hell does Monroe know? Um, Garza then tells Monroe, I want my daughter brought to him now or he will kill him. That's about the time the Expendables have made it to Valena, which must not be very far away. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, you, you're talking. Or, or we don't a flight really know from. The, we don't really know the timeline either. A flight from New Orleans, maybe you know, to to somewhere in Central America or South America. Yeah, New Orleans would make sense too if they have a yeah. seaplane. Yeah, they need to be could, near water. It could work. They're not on Lake Michigan. I don't think. Right. No. No. So. They're they're right there. Um. So yeah, the Expendables arrive. They're taking out the guards left and right. We cut to Sandra, who's being guarded by two guys, horny start... guys. Horny guys? Yeah. Aren't these the two guys who are trying to rape her? Oh yeah. They're, they're. Oh yeah. They're horny and they're messing with her. Yeah. And one's about to burn her with a cigarette. Ah. Jerk. Barney walks in and chops the man's hand off and then stabs him. He dead. Rescue Sandra. Tries to get her to safety, but he gets a big clothesline. Hell yeah. Out of nowhere. From, from out of nowhere. Sandra's quickly recaptured, and now poor Barney's the one getting interrogated by Payne and the Brit. And this is where business really starts picking up. Because it now does. it's the expendables to the rescue. And this is where you you start you know, you start thinking about how much budget do we have left. Right. Because we, we've got we, we must have saved a lot of it for right now. Yes, I think they had to have. I, they might have filmed this part first. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, okay, well, if we have enough money, we'll blow this bridge up with the airplane. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, fuck yeah. And then they saved just enough money to do that. But but yeah, we finally get the Expendables to the rescue. And you know, we're not talking just Jason Statham. We finally get uh, our our buddy uh, Randy Couture, Tol- what's his name, Toll Road? Toll Road, yeah. And we get uh, Terry Crews, Hail Caesar and his loud ass gun. Oh, that gun. just like wiping dudes out, just mows them over, uh, just ruining shit with that gun. And uh, yeah, of course, Yin Yang, he's running around kicking people. And well, yeah, we get Barney. We so we get Stallone <clears throat> versus Stone Cold. That means like Stallone needs to take on uh, The Rock and John Cena, and I think he'll have the like maybe the Mount Rushmore. The Mount Rushmore of, of uh, babyface WWE okay. champions. Because he took on Hulk Hogan, as we may recall. He did. Way back when. But yeah, you get Barney versus Payne. You get Yang versus the Brit. Yep. With an eventual Christmas run-in. Which which is very cool. Yeah. Uh, because you get, you know, he gets an opportunity to not only fight Jet Li, but he's getting double teamed by Jet Li and Jason Statham, which is a lot of fantasies for women i think oh. but um 
So he gets to kind of like, he gets to go out for like a, like he's pretty hard, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's they, not, they, he's not a pushover. They take him out, but yeah, it takes two of them to do it. And that final kick to him that takes him out is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Great piece of business from Gary Daniels. Um, again, one of those guys who like good guy or bad guy. And may, sometimes I think that almost hurts. Like if you can't be one definitive, like I think that's all maybe why Dolph never really rose to the level of an Arnold and a Stallone. Yeah, you're probably right. Because but he, he could play both sides of it, and uh, I mean he did great. I mean I think some of his best work was as a villain in in Unisol. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Huh. I think that uh, I think some guys are just better at being bad. Yeah, uh, but you could you, you know I think Dolph in Men of War is is so good. He's very charismatic and he's still a good guy, but he's also a badass. So I think that you can play that anti-hero role, like you know, oh, yeah. we're talking about and, Stone Cold in this movie, right? So yeah, and that's why he's so good in the the Punisher. Yes, because he's a little bit of both, and he's he's a traumatic mess in the Punisher too, which and he's naked in a sewer. Yes, naked in sewer. I mean, I haven't done that since college. So, right, I mean, those were dark times. But uh, I, I think that this movie has a lot going for it, and and some of the things that it has going for it are these, you know, these hen- these side henchmen like yeah. like Steve Austin and and uh, Gary Daniels. Yeah, I mean, they they made sure, and when you have you know the babyface side loaded like they do, yes, you got to make sure the heel side is pretty loaded too, and they they did a good job with that. Right, and you have uh, Antonio Nogueira, who's a big uh, MMA champ, UFC champion back in the day, big Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. Uh, so he was, at the time, he was probably at the tail end of his career, probably 2010. Shit, he's probably still fighting on these guys, but <laughs> he was like, he was still a big thing in the MMA world. So uh, I'm surprised we didn't get him and Randy Couture going at it for a while. Right. But maybe they did fight. I don't remember, but they, they didn't get like an extended fight sequence. Right. So now at this point, Garza wants Monroe to just take the money and just go, just get out of there. But Monroe's like, there's way more money to be made here. I'm not going anywhere. Um, Garza turns to Sandra admits, you know, you are who I should have been this whole time. Uh, you know, she, she's about the people. Uh, a woman. The, no, I think he meant, you know, she's for the people and oh, for, the, okay. that makes for sense. the country and where yeah. he was kind of like thinking, Hey, me, 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 I could be rich. I could be powerful. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Um, meanwhile, downstairs, the expendables are trying to get the hell out, going right through the front door. But when they get, open the door, Basically, what is left of the army is all waiting, just waiting for him. Just hanging out, waiting. And Garza's up there, like saying, "You these Americans, we got to get rid of them. They're the ones who caused all these problems, <laughs> you know." And nobody knows that these Americans and Monroe aren't together. As far as right. they know, they they came here to to take out. You know, they did come there to take out Garza. So, but was Monroe the one who who paid him to do so? Maybe they don't know. And they're not, it's shoot first, ask questions later type situation. Yeah. And they've also killed like 70 of their and, buddies. And their own guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they, yeah, have, it's personal. Um, but this ends up being the last speech of general Garza because Monroe kills him. Um, now Monroe grabs Sandra and, you know, basically has insurance to get the hell out of there. Pain is there. It's like, we got to make the way to get to the chopper type mm-hmm. situation. Um, expendable shooting their way out. They realize where Monroe's headed. There's a big wall of fire. 
Uh, but, you know, the quick-thinking pain has a solution for that fire. And this leads to our Randy Couture versus Steve Austin matchup, which back at that time would have seemed unheard of. But now, in today's modern world, 2023, the UFC and the WWE are together under one roof. They are. So the odds of... Uh, UFC guy when he's done with his UFC time fighting like whoever the big WWE star is at the time it's pretty good nowadays oh yeah pretty could, damn good nowadays I could totally see it happening I and mean, we've seen I mean, obviously Brock, Brock, Lesner, Brock Lesnar yeah you did it already uh, Ronda Rousey to a lesser extent but yeah it, it definitely seems like what we're gonna see in the future and I won't be surprised when it happens. And I think that you'll get some crossover stars who, who probably do a little bit of both. I mean, obviously the guy that everybody's kind of, he's kind of fallen out of the uh, spotlight the last couple of years, but Conor, Conor McGregor was yeah. one that everybody was just kind of waiting for him to retire from the, the MMA, yeah. MMA from the real fight game to go to the professional wrestling. So we'll see if that happens. He has been packed on a lot of muscle, so he could probably get away with using some juice. <laughs> If he plays his cards right. Very true. Very true. And obviously quite the talker. So he would be perfect in a role like that. Um, but yeah, we get that. Um, and it ends up with Stone Cold, as I put here, almost as hot as he was back in 1998. Because the man is on freaking literal fire. Literally on fire. And do we ever see him die? No, I think it's more of an assumed type thing but hmm. uh, and he never came back uh, you know what happens when you assume brain I, I know so maybe for the fifth one he'll show up and be uh, <laughs> all burnt up looking and some good scars I've, I've been holding this grudge for a long time you old he'll go bastards. right after megan fox you oh okay uh barney and uh Caesar, he'll hit a woman brain uh, yeah pain would hit, hit a woman you're right barney and caesar uh we get an exploding helicopter in very unique fashion. I'm sure our friends at Exploding Helicopter have covered this. Of course, yeah. Uh, because Caesar, explain, Chad. Explain. This kind of reminded me of GI. Remember when Chuckles was it? Chuckles who did that? It was Chuckles. Yeah. In the GI Joe the film, yeah, GI Joe the movie. But uh, yeah, so we've got Stallone's Barney Ross. He, uh, I always want to call him Barney Rubble, but he <laughs> he he's running towards this. Uh, this chopper that's about to escape and he's trying to save Sandra or he, he already have Sandra at this point. No, he doesn't have her. Okay. Anywho, he's trying to stop this chopper from taking off. And, uh, he picks up this, uh, it's like a warhead or some shit, right? Like a, it's a, it's a piece of ammunition from like a mortar. And he, he goes as if he's going to throw it and, and, uh, hell Caesar shows up and he says, no, it's too heavy. And he's like, what do you want me to do with it? And he's like, throw it as far as you can. <laughs> and then he throws it and Stallone just fucking kai, 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 and uh, shoots it many times. I don't know if they work this way, but it explodes. It and does. it's a big explosion. It really is. And it takes out the helicopter. But Monroe, he's he's persistent. He's going to still try to get out on foot. And he still has Sandra. So that eventually leads to the final showdown. Um, you know, Barney's like, you know, I didn't even come here for you, Monroe. I came here for her. Then he shoots the man. <laughs> and at the same time, Christmas puts a knife through Monroe's back. And once again, yeah, that, 
It's a tie. It's a tie. Yeah, Lee That's Christmas good. is good, is the guy who just keeps doing these run-ins to give the the baby faces a two-on-one advantage. He's very sneaky, and you know what? That that maybe that would have been a better role for Jet Li. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't agree with you though. Uh, time to go home. Sandra's going to stay though. She's going to get Valina back on its feet and everything together. I guess maybe she'll run for whatever the hell kind of government they have down there. I don't know. Maybe she's the general. Yeah, who knows? It doesn't matter. Because um, that's the last we see of her. Uh, we get a little Credence Clearwater revival born on the bayou, like we're a freaking hard target. No, and, like we're in New Orleans. Right. The bayou. At the tattoo shop. Mm-hmm. Hard target, also New Orleans. Uh, so True. that's why if you have an action movie and you have a any kind of budget for licensed music, you have to basically use Born on the Bayou. Yeah, the the Water Boy. Um, yes, we get some more <laughs> knife throwing. We see that Gunner is back and forgiven, and uh, that obviously will lend itself to the future of the franchise. Um, and then it's all over. The Expendables go riding on their motorcycles. Thin Lizzie's The Boys Are Back in Town plays in the end credits role and uh yeah that was mm. the expendables from 2010 the original the one that started it all yes. and i will say on this rewatch i did enjoy it much more than back when i watched it and when it came out on blu-ray but i do also recognize what what it was that probably yeah turned me off from it the first time yeah and, and i <sighs> You know, I probably liked it more the first time I saw it right. than I did this time. You know, it's it's hard. You watch a movie. I, like I said, I actually saw this one in theaters and I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. The music, I think, is still great. And I think that there's a lot of really cool scenes in this movie. And I think it, it does set up a team of guys. Right. Now, there are certain, you know, if I were going to rebook it, uh, I... I would do things a little differently. I would, I would have definitely killed one of the expendables for sure. Um, and they had the perfect opportunity when they were running around throwing the, or putting the explosives all over the building that yeah. in my mind, I was, I was watching, uh, um, Jim Brown do that from the dirty dozen. Mm, and yeah. I would have saved that sequence to, for a little bit later and it's like, oh, you know, we got to blow the building. No, we didn't get, you know, anything in the West Wing or whatever. You know what I mean? And then you just got somebody running around, Terry Crews or whoever, throwing, Randy Couture, throwing explosives. And then they have to blow it. They're forced to blow it or they're going to miss their opportunity. Boom. He gets taken out. But I don't know. I think that the they're, I'm not surprised. It's a series of films. I am surprised that they're still making them. Right. Uh, which they probably won't make a fifth one from i can't imagine not not based on how this one is performing and maybe that's another reason why i like this original one so much is because i just saw the fourth one and you know what i think that i think the fact that it's just uh, it's just kind of weird to say but it is a bunch of old dudes in these role in this role um and you know the, the second one added it didn't add anybody on the expendables team i don't think well, the, briefly, the third one. Chuck Norris shows up yes. and helps them, but he's not. Yeah, he's right. a lone wolf. But the third one, it had brought a bunch of new blood in, and then the fourth one, they bring in even more new blood. It's like, come on, man. Like, and I yeah. guess the first, the second one also had the, the Hemsworth kid. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's he, and he's the one who had to, you know, like you said, somebody yeah. has to die and he's the one who dies. So he, I mean, it, the people who love the series are, are enjoying it for the old school guys. They're not enjoying it for right. fucking. Well, and that's why I love number months. two the most because of the villain. Mr. And even called Van Damme. And you know, Antonio Brandaris is in the third one. He's cool and shit. Right. Right. So yeah, Van Damme and Scott Atkins, you get some. Right. Uh, Good in there, yeah. So that's two's two, fun. Two is yeah. my favorite. Obviously, I would say one is next, and I'd have to rewatch three to know if I liked it better or worse than four. I don't know. It probably won't happen though. So there you go. The Expendables. Four movies in now, and probably done. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, still owns like a hundred. Okay. And we're just about done with this episode of the Bulletproof Podcast. We want to, of course, remind everybody to check out BulletproofAction.com. I just mentioned um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well, his birthday is in October, and we will be celebrating with a special post. So oh, I'll yeah. talk to you about that after we're done uh, on this uh, recording, Chad Cruz. Um, we'll also be ra- wrapping up the coverage of the Continental and Ahsoka, and it is spooky season in October. So it's, uh, it's very possible we might get some action horror type uh, material. Wonderful. I'm rubbing my hands together like you, people well, do. You'll do action horror movies in June. So yeah, I don't care. you probably won't do one in October, but maybe other people will. <laughs> I'll do an action comedy. Exactly. Of course you will. <laughs> you'll do a Christmas movie. Um, so, so that's coming up. And next time right here on the Bulletproof Podcast, one that we have talked about for quite some time. Uh, and we're going to do it finally. Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Sexy. Cannot wait. That's one I've uh, yeah, been anticipating for quite some time. So there it is. Uh, and maybe I'll have news coming up next time about, we talked about it the last couple episodes, Battle in the Berg. That's in the history books now. It will be on the premier streaming network. Uh, and I will give that information when it becomes available. Because I did the commentary right then and there, Chad. It takes a lot. I mean, not everybody can do that. It was and, a good time. Uh, I called an NWA World's title match. That's cool. And I got to be there to see Paul London sing Thunderball by Tom Jones. So, pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I, I do feel bad. I couldn't make it, but uh, I'm sorry. I feel bad that I had to work with Ron Mathis again. No, you didn't. He's fun. He is. He was very good. and uh, He's always good. And I will say, Tony Khan, if you're listening and you need a new Rampage broadcast team, so maybe five more people watch that show, <laughs> hire me and Ron Mathis. There you go. Because I think we could bring those five more people in. I like it. And maybe even more. Just, I would watch at least the first episode if you guys. Thank you. I right, see. I appreciate that. At least um, the first one, maybe so more. Maybe more. But yeah, no, it was good to uh, see some old HWA colleagues, and to just be a part of the show live as it happened, not to my work from home status. So yeah, I will keep everybody up to date if anyone's interested. I know obviously probably not a ton of our visit or listeners who may have actually had some interest were in the Cincinnati area. So yeah, this, this is a way to see it. Um, and again, bulletproof at bulletproof pod on Twitter slash X at bulletproof action on threads, Instagram and Facebook. 
Chad, any final thoughts or words for our listeners before we wrap this one up? Continue listening. Continue uh, reading bulletperfection.com. If you have any uh, recommendations, we love recommendations. So um, there could be a thing in the future coming up uh, where we where yep. we, we dip our su- toes into some of these recommendations. Yeah, and the suggestion box may t- uh, take over. We'll, we'll it's see. always open. So leave some suggestions and, and uh, don't be afraid. And if I say it's a terrible idea, then just, you know. It couldn't be any worse than some of the ideas Chad has come up with. No, it's impossible for it to be worse. Okay, there you go. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. listening to the Geekscape Network.